0: By the Denver Post. My name is Kyle Fredrickson, I'm joined by Ryan O'Halloran, and it is the eve of the Broncos' third preseason game at Washington. Uh, we are here to break it down for you and look at five things that we would like to see happen, uh, would like to see develop, just would would like to put our put our eyeballs on and five have some clarity. To, five
1: things we're going to watch yeah. to see if they
0: can figure it out <laughs> Yes, it's been an interesting preseason for these Broncos, such high expectations, uh, some really impressive practice plays that we just have not seen manifested on the field yet, but that's why they do it, that's why they play these games. So as we head into this third game, Ryan... Uh, fill our listeners in on what this means in terms of roster evaluation. You get to this point in the preseason, what are the coaches wanting to see and who plays? Well, this
1: third preseason game is not really about roster evaluation. I mean, this is for the starters to get their wind a little bit, probably play into the third quarter. And, you know, this is their final tune-up before Seattle. They know it. Uh, this has been a, a game plan week. So, you know, they'll have a... You know, run-through of what a regular season weeks can be like with Bill Musgrave and Joe Woods as the coordinator. So from a starter standpoint, what what they, what fans should want to see on Friday night is just to use the Vance Joseph word, progress. <laughs> okay, some continued work, a couple drives on offense, Case Keenan being more accurate. I think that's a big thing to watch. Um, on defense, okay, can you can they do better on third down? Uh, can Isaac Yadam recover from playing over 100 snaps the last two weeks and you know getting introduced to the school of hard knocks so I think for the third preseason game if you're a Broncos observer it's no injuries from the starters but also just think they're ready when they leave the field that hey ask Case Keenum after the game you're ready for Seattle And hopefully for the Broncos' sake, he says, hey, we're clicking tonight. We're ready to go.
0: For sure. And so we'll sort of count that as our first observation here, what the starters need to do because that's what we're going to watch, right? I mean, those guys are getting the bulk of their time. So now let's dive into some of these position group battles within that starting group, Ryan. And let's kind of lead off with running backs. This is a unit that has Devontae Booker, who's listed atop the depth chart, but a couple of rookies who've been getting a little more carries have been maybe more explosive. Uh, Third game of the preseason, what do you expect to see?
1: It's played out, talking out of both sides of my mouth here, it's played out kind of how I thought it would, but also a little surprising. How I thought it would. They're not handing Royce Freeman anything. Devontae Booker has been the starter for these games. He's been with the number one offense a little bit, number two offense a little bit. He is, you know, he's not gonna play a ceremonial role. He's gonna have a role in this offense, I think on third down. The surprising part is they, Philip Lindsay, is really developing into that change of pace guy. As Vance Joseph said, he mentioned Booker, Freeman, and Lindsay in that order the other day. So I thought that was telling. I think Philip makes the team. Uh, if he makes the team, that's going to he's going to be active. He'll have a package of plays each week, change you know a change of pace, just you know not on third down, but maybe at regular down work. So that's my take on the running back. I think Devontae Booker starts week one, but Royce Freeman may end up with more carries and eventually ease into that role. You talked to Booker after practice on Tuesday. What, what's sort of his mindset at this point?
0: Yeah, you know, I think the biggest knock on Devontae Booker at this point in his career two years in is he just has not been a home run hitter. Here's a guy who has one... Carry in his career so far of 20 plus yards, and and that was in a you know a blowout game last season during the Broncos' well well documented struggles. So um, I asked uh, you know Booker if he felt like he could be a home run hitter still, and he felt confident in that. He was a guy who did that at Utah, but obviously hasn't translated yet. So like you'd mentioned, until he becomes more of a well rounded back, every down kind of back, and is able to prove he can do more than one or two things really well, it just seems like he's not going to be able to to be a guy. Really assumes that RB1 role. Granted, I think the Broncos knew they were going to go by committee no matter what this season.
1: Yeah, I mean, RB1B. Yeah, right. For Booker and RB1A for Freeman. Um, I think they like the setup there. I mean, Freeman shows he has a nose for the end zone, which is what they need. So I think he'll be like your short yardage. I think he's going to be your regular down guy. Then you bring Philip Lindsay in uh, to be that, you know, not so much a gadget guy, but, you know, sort of change it up. And then Booker, I can play regular down and third down. So, I don't say I don't want to say they have a good mix, but they have an encouraging mix, I think.
0: Right, for sure. Sort of lacking a real veteran presence may be a concern, but we'll see maybe how that, that plays out in the season and how successful they are on the ground. I mean, if there's
1: one position where you can get away with going young, it is tailback. You look at Ezekiel Elliott. Leonard Fournette, Saquon Barkley, uh, Kareem Hunt, yeah. Kansas City. So, you know, it's... It's a tough position to play physically, but you're running the same stuff in college. You're in the NFL in terms of concepts except for the pass protection
0: for sure. And, and speaking of young guys, that's a good transition for another position group that I know a lot of fans will be watching. And that's the cornerbacks stripped by depth with some injuries, but this is a group through two preseason games. That's given up 26 first downs through mm-hmm. the air. I mean, I don't know maybe if that's a significant number stats in preseason, I don't know how much they matter at be, all. It's
1: 26 completions. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So, you know, the young guys have been tested. Isaac Yadam specifically is, is a guy who could break into this rotation as a rookie. Um, hopefully, we see Chris Harris uh, beside Bradley Roby, so we get a taste of what this first team cornerback duo might be. But at the same time, they got to get those young guys continued reps, right? What do what do you expect to see?
1: Well, I hey, think Chris Harris, uh, if he does start, I would you know wouldn't play him as long as the starters. You know what you know what twenty five can do. I think Bradley Roby would pick it up a little bit. Uh, I think, you know, he's been inconsistent. He started off well in camp. I think they got issues at corner. Uh, Tremaine Brock has been hurt with a hamstring. Isaac Yadam, at the start of camp, you're thinking, okay, he's going to make the team no matter what, but he's probably going to be a redshirt. Maybe it would be a game day inactive while he learns the ropes. But he's had to play and play a lot. Coaches have definitely tried to pick him up publicly in terms of, hey, he's in the right spots, he's got to finish the play. Doesn't really look like that, but, yeah. but I digress. I, I, I'd give C.J. Smith a number 28 in your program. I'd give him a little bit of run. He's playing nickel for the first time inside, but he, he can play outside. See if he can catch some lightning in a bottle and get his hand on a football. Brendan Langley, it looks like they've lost all confidence in him as a defensive player. He's going to make the team most likely the special teams guy who can run fast down the field. But he's really fallen off. He's I doesn't appear he's even part of the mix on defense, so... Everybody talks about backup quarterback. We'll get to that. But after uh, on Labor Day weekend, if I'm the Broncos, I'm looking really hard at who's getting cut from the quarterback class around this league. See if you can maybe get a veteran who can play inside or outside because ideally you maybe want Chris Harris to follow the best guy. Which means you need somebody to
0: play in the that Elway was asked about cornerback depth. let and he, and he so, me <laughs> worry? Yeah, and, he, and he sort of bristled. I want to ask you about that. Um, you lose to Tlaib. You sign Tremaine Brock. You draft Isaac Yadam. Like, um, you know, from Elway's perspective, what issue with depth? But all the things you mentioned, it seems like there's a contrasting of, of ideas.
1: There. Yeah, it's one of those things where... It, they're not going to say it's an issue until their actions show it's an right. issue. Right,
0: which is typical of every NFL team, yeah, I'd assume. the same thing goes
1: with backup
0: Right, right, right. And so before we get to backup QBs, I'm, I'm sure you guys uh, want to hear that on the First and Orange podcast. We'll get to those guys as we break down everything about this Broncos team as much as we can in a few minutes here uh, leading up to the game on Friday in D.C. Um, let's talk kick returners. Isaiah McKenzie, the, the curious case Isaiah mckenzie returns the punt for a touchdown one game fumbles uh, as a receiver the next uh i thought tom mcmahon's comments were interesting he, he said basically i'm not concerned about what he does as a pass catcher as much as i'm concerned about what he's doing on the, in the return game and he almost was saying that there's you can't really equal those two things
1: but i respectfully disagree right football's that's why, football that's why right? i asked a question <laughs> right. he was running with the football uh Power return and kick return. Kick return, Philip Lindsay's been back there yeah. catching those kicks. If he makes a team, he's probably going to do that. Power return, McKenzie is interesting. And, and I write about Friday's Denver Post. If you're Isaiah McKenzie, do you just fair catch everything now and say, hey, I want to rest on that touchdown as a power returner? <laughs> or do you try and be aggressive and try to make something happen to really <sighs> seal your roster spot? I think you got to play it somewhere in between. You don't want to look like you're overly cautious. but
0: Right, right. It
1: could be an interesting roster decision. Uh,
0: do, do, they need, do they need to trot some other guys out there in preseason, do you I'm think? Because we really haven't, haven't seen it. it. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, in the fourth quarter of the last game, the you know, River Craycraft caught a punt because McKenzie was getting examined for a concussion. Deshaun Hamilton's caught punts all camp, has not been back there in the first half of these two games. So it's, it's almost like they want to make sure McKenzie's the guy. Either way, make sure he is or isn't the guy, then they can move on to some other options. But McKenzie, okay, that impacts the roster math because if he's on the team, he's gonna be active. He's gonna be the punt return. So, I mean, do you keep Tim Patrick or River Craycraft to make him inactive? Do you keep Troy Fibigali even though he's not healthy right now? Or do you put him on IR? So, that's the roster mechanics right now. D'Angelo Henderson is a fourth tailback. Do they have room for him? I say no. So, if McKenzie has a clean game on Thursday, I think or excuse me Friday against Washington that I think his roster spot is pretty secure
0: yeah and I mean we know what Isaiah McKenzie can do when his mechanics are right and his head is right I mean we saw that that explosion but it's the consistency so
1: another another thing he he is not doing anything at receiver for them with the starter so do you want to have a roster spot just for a guy who may get Three touches a game. Right, right. I think thing they got
0: to make the decision on. For sure. And, and speaking of guys with, with roster spots where uh, they are not contributing in, in ways that they are expected or hope to, uh, Paxton Lynch, uh, the talk about him is, has gone on and on, so let's not recap everything that we've discussed about the guy and where he stands with the team. But my question is, can things get worse for him in this game? And typically a third-string quarterback, how many snaps would they get at this point?
1: He might not play any. Uh, I wouldn't play him any. Uh, as soon as Case Keenum leaves the game, be it mid-third quarter, and 3rd quarter, Chad Kelly needs snaps. He did not play last year because of injury. So I played Chad Kelly the rest of the way in this game. If I'm Vance Joseph, I tell Paxson Lynch, and this may be boot by the time this podcast is posted. <laughs> right. If I'm Vance Joseph, my plan for Paxton Lynch is you're not playing this week, but against Arizona, be ready to play three quarters. Right. Uh, I, if I'm Vance, I want to start Chad Kelly against Arizona, just get him another 12, 15 reps going to put Lynch in there. Paxton Lynch should hope that Chad Kelly is the number two quarterback in week one, because if he's not, Lynch is probably not on this team. Right. If Chad is the number two, that's my, that's my lean right now, that is he will be, then they'll probably keep Lynch as the third guy. But yes, to answer your question, yes, it can get worse.
0: <laughs> For sure. And, and before we sign off, I did want to touch on one more thing. Uh, Ryan did cut his teeth on the NFL beat with the Redskins, right, yes. covering covering Washington, eight years. Yeah. Sorry, I lost my hair. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can look back and, and see how those teams finished during that span. Maybe that had something to do with it as well. But Ryan, uh, just any tidbits about covering the team, uh, the franchise. You're going to go back there. Any emotions? I mean, being a guy who was on the beat for that long.
1: Uh, the emotion is just I get to see a lot of people that you know I'm still friends with. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I spent eight years there. Um, it was most of the time a circus. <laughs> um, this is a t- they made the playoffs twice they made it 05 and 07 they really had a hot December each month so they are average for most of the season tidbits, plenty of them I'll <laughs> um, just say it this way Joe Gibbs retires after the 07 season to make the playoffs the coaching search takes 6 weeks Man, because uh, they they're waiting for Steve Spagnola, the rules weren't in place where you could interview a coordinator uh. before the Super Bowl um They hired Jim Zorn as the offensive coordinator, Greg Blosh as the defensive coordinator, before they had a head coach. Yikes. So Spagnola interviews drops out. All of a sudden the Redskins are scrambling, and they had promoted Jim Zorn for the 08-09 seasons. And then obviously former Broncos coach Mike Shanahan came in. For the last two years I covered them, which was 10 and 11. But it, um, it was a team that I still think is perennially chasing their tail a little bit. And the general manager, Bruce Allen, is probably more obsessed with getting a stadium in D.C. Uh, I thought they had righted the ship when they hired Scott McLuhan, who's a great personnel guy a couple years ago, but they fired him. So it's uh, it's a team that is always going to have enough talent to maybe win six or seven games. But can they really make that jump in the East this year? I don't think so. Right. Uh,
0: well, memories, right? It's, uh, it'll, it'll be nice going back uh, at some of your old stomping grounds. Uh, seeing how the Broncos perform in this third preseason game. Um, and that'll do it for us today. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening in. Be sure to follow all of our content uh, at denverpost.com and pick us up in the print edition every day. Uh, this has been another edition of the First Orange Podcast.